Welcome to Antioch Community Church of Waltham. My name is Mark Buckner, and I am a pastor. I've done it. I've pastored since uh, they determined that there was a wheel, you know, and feels like that at times over my life. My, my father and grandfather were pastors, so I've been in a number of churches over the course of my life. I've been in a number of Sunday services. I've been in a lot of different meetings. And uh, some of those I barely endured, and some of those were wonderful. But Jesus was the same. He was the constant and we're starting a series on prayer, and uh, the reason we're doing that is multiple levels. One is, uh, in, uh, I think Sean has shared in the past, just this sense of a prophetic word of the Lord of, it's now. And we can intellectually connect with that idea and think, of course, you know, when is it not now for learning about prayer? But there's something about this season where we need to get back again to the most basic foundations in our walk, in our life. Uh, the COVID pandemic was wonderfully used by God to completely wipe a lot of slates clean and just like start over. And in that time, you are able to ask a lot of questions. Why? What am I doing with my life? And so we had the great resignation. It's like, I don't like what I'm doing. And there was enough time to think about that. So shift. And, you know, what is my life all about? And this is another beginning moment. As all the doors have opened up, are you following Jesus are you following him with others? Are you a part of a community? And uh, as everyone grapples with that, and people make a variety of different decisions, we're brought back again. You, you somehow have chosen to be here this morning. If you're new, if you're visiting, welcome. We're delighted to have you here. For those of you who, who this has been a, a part of your history uh, since you were like two years old, not thinking about anybody specifically as I'm staring at them occasionally in the room, Sean Lauder's, uh, Sean Lauder's daughter, don't look at her. <laughs> Molly, good to have you here. But uh, some of you have been a part of this process a long time, and you've had that question in your own souls. Wow, what, what is my life all about? What am I doing here? What's the purpose? And, and so we're just simply saying, we are walking with Jesus. We want to be like him. And there's so many things that aren't like him that need to be changed. And the only way... For you to save the world is for you to get saved. It has to start with you first. 
And all of that wonderful inspiration and desire and longing to see things different in this world, there, there is only one. And we are uh, walking towards him. I'm sorry, Pierce, I got to say hi to you. Good morning. Welcome back. We love you. Been praying for you. And I also, I'm just thinking, thank you, Menendez's for opening up our home, our home, your home. (laughs) Thank you that it was your home and not my home. Um, So, what are we doing? We're we're praying, and over the next seven, eight weeks, I'm going to challenge you with seven prayers. And these are prayers that it's, it's not about need... For things. We're, we're looking for prayers that are beyond your next meal, beyond getting past something uncomfortable, beyond getting a specific need met in your life. Moving past what's right here and moving into eternity. So these are, these are big, big concepts. And I realize It's like, that can feel super abstract. That can feel like, give me more handles. That's way out there. But today, we're going to go way out there. Talking today about holiness. I'm talking today about the biggest picture we can get of who God is. Because the goal is, in order to be like Jesus, what we want to do is more fully see the character of God by praying his word back to him. Now, when you see him, says, I believe in Thessalonians, you're going to be like him because you'll see him as he is. When you get a revelation of God, you change. The image you have of God is... For good or for evil, how you are living your life. If you have a picture of an angry, distant, malevolent, demanding, law-filled God, that says a lot about what's going on in your life right now. But if you see the holy God who is sacrificial who is complete, whose love is more than compromise, but it's wide as the cross, long as eternity, as high as heaven and as deep as hell. That is a, that's part of his character that is complex and it's a light has to turn on inside of you to see him more fully, more clearly. And so the way that we're going toward that is by praying some things. We're kind of strapping ourselves around these big concepts and just trying to hang on and saying, Lord, change me. Okay? So uh, why do we need these prayers? You know, part of preaching is inspiration and motivation. And so 
What I, what I want to do is build the want to in you. Not the obligation, not the guilt, not, not uh, fear, not shame, but I, I want you to want to. I want, you, I want to build this longing, this great desire in you that I have spent my life leaning into imperfectly. And, um, but let me just ask you, why did you get saved? Why did you give your life to Jesus? Why are you thinking about giving your life to Jesus? Was it to escape hell? Was it to get closer to a group of people? Was it because you were in a bad place in your life and you said, you know, this is the, the, the phrase, this is an old military World War I phrase, it's the foxhole prayer. It's like, I'm about to get hil- killed. Jesus, Jesus, if you save me, I'll give me you my life. You know, if, I'll, if I can get past this problem, I'll give you my... Is that what motivated you? Was it fear of rejection? Well, I, I want to tell you there's greater motivations than those things. And I, I want to be motivated by love and desire and passion. Amen. Many waters cannot quench love. A man in love <laughs> is unstoppable. He will do crazy and strange things. Not telling any stories right now. <laughs> but we see in Mary's life in John 12, a bunch of people sitting around Jesus going, hmm, good teaching. Yes, what do you think about that? Hmm, amen. And then this woman with reputation breaks into the room, crawls at his feet, pours super expensive perfume on his feet, and wipes his feet with her hair. One of those people was in love with Jesus, wasn't debating theology and listening to information. That's, that's the motivation we want. Passionate love for Jesus is the only thing that's going to get you to the other side of the fire that will change you and make you more like him. So we want that. We want that. I want it. I want you to want it. So we need to pray these prayers so that you can accomplish, so that we can accomplish the primary goal of our lives. The Westminster Shorter Catechism. To glorify God is the first point. And enjoy Him forever. And that glory... To glorify him means there's a reflection of who he is emanating out of your life. The character of God has transferred from heaven, from the Father's heart, and is now growing and emanating out of you into those around you. You're glorifying him. And this life... Good news, bad news. This is where you become more like him. Eternity is unchanging. You are, there's this complex concept. I, you know, 
Too much to talk about today, so maybe I shouldn't even go down that road. But I'm just saying today is, this is the life. This world is where you change. So embrace it now. Because that, to the degree that you embrace the transformation of Jesus in your life, is the amount of gift that you're going to give God to eternity. For eternity. If you love him and you want to bless him, dig in. Start asking some big prayers. Now, you know, we, we ask for a lot of things, and yes, give me this day, Lord, my daily bread. But how many of you, it's, it says something more about you than the child at times, but how many of you with your child, do they have to say, please feed me, please feed me, please feed me, please feed me. Now, tomorrow morning, are you going to feed me? Tomorrow morning, will I get any food? That's how we treat our Father in heaven. Do you really care about my needs? Do you know what's going on in my life? You don't have a revelation of his character yet. If all you're doing is praying about your needs, grow up. I call you forward to higher things. Why do we need these prayers? Because you are not going to be a vessel of restoring other people's lives unless you mature. It's just words. Just want to. There's no power there. There's no ability until you mature. So I got a painful story to tell you. Y'all like painful stories? The mid-80s, one day, Susan and I woke up and we said, she looked at me and she said, we've now lived the worst day of our lives. And uh, even though it was 70 years ago and I'm almost 100 years old, it was true. That was the worst day of our life. So here's how the story goes pastor of a successful Baptist church, which I was on staff at, had his sin exposed. He had had dozens of illicit relationships. And uh, we had a church of about 2,000 members at that point in time, and I was the college pastor. We had over 400 college students. And this is Waco, Texas. There are more Baptists than there were people in that town. And uh, so we were successful. We were were relatively famous. A lot of people thought this was a, wait for it, a charismatic Southern Baptist church. We were like half zebra, half buffalo. But it was cool, and we were big time. Except... Our lead pastor was eaten up from the inside and being destroyed. And so when that was exposed, we made the front page of every paper in the state of Texas. It was amazing. And um, within weeks, we had planted a number of new churches. Those of you who have any idea what I'm talking about, that's kind of a joke. That means hundreds of people left in large clumps. 
and said, Ichabod, this, we're, the new thing is happening, and we're it. And so it was horrible. And uh, I got a front row seat, and uh, my wife and I had been married two and a half months, and that pastor had performed our wedding. So we're having fun. And, I mean, I'm, I'm a total mess. I'm just, you know, take me to heaven now, Jesus. I'm, you know, not because, because I, my life was messed up. You know, in that environment, what, what happens is you learn to make excuses. You learn to say, that's okay. God's here, so God is blessing. It must be okay. You, you don't really need to deal with that issue in your life because wonderful things are happening. We have words of knowledge, miracles, healings, people repenting. It was, it was amazing. But, you know, there is immorality surrounding every revival because broken people are drawn to Jesus. But in that fire, you either change or you're consumed. So you want revival? Let revival come. You're, you are saying, let the fire be turned loose in my life until only Jesus is revealed. You're not saying, make it a nice week. <laughs> Give me a new car. Let me pass my test. Is not what you're saying. You're saying, torch every foundation that is not of Jesus. And when you pray that, things get consumed. Bad things are exposed. And in that moment, you can either say, help me Jesus, or as many people in arrogance say, no, that hurts too much, I don't want that. And I just want to tell you, he's beautiful. He is all wise. He is wonderful. He's worth it. You need to see him more accurately. You need your eyes opened. I need my eyes opened. So I keep praying these prayers. I keep praying. I keep praying. So we had a meeting in the middle of all this thing. Go back to my disaster. And uh, the head of the deacons, you know, I, I was so, I was so arrogant, so messed up. And uh, uh, have, on, depending on the day of the week, you could get a good slice of seeing some more of that in me. But, uh, uh, but at that point in time, I was like, why aren't you guys fixing this? You're in charge now. You need to fix this. And I said, Galatians 6 says, you who are spiritual, restore. Why aren't you restoring our pastor? I was saying, he's just a sinner. He needs help like everybody else. Now, he was a predator. Okay? But I, what was in me, 
I wanted our successful church to keep going strong. Not to have our problems exposed. Like, just slap a Band-Aid on that and let's keep going. So, Chief Chief Deacon Jim said, all right, Mark, come on, you want to come to our meeting tonight? And I said, I sure do. 24 years old. So I got invited to the, the deacon council meeting and uh, had our moment. And, uh, um, and I challenged them. You know, they're all 20, 30 years older than me. And I said, Galatians 6 says, you who are spiritual should restore Do we not have anyone spiritual enough to restore? And it was dead silent. Of course, I had no clue of the layers and layers and layers of brokenness and distortion and confusion that happens with that level of sexual sin. And they, you know... You definitely did not want to just, anyway. But it, what burned in me, even in my, my failure at that time, and let's uh, just say, you, know, you want to hear a little something crazy? Those five, next five years, like every week, I said, what am I doing here? I need out of this. It was just total numb. And, and again, garbage in my own life. Waves and waves of all of that coming up and me recognize it or getting, being confused by it. That's where all of our vision for Antioch began. We started the discipleship school. We started our mission trips. We started World Mandate during those years. In the middle of the fire. Not at the height of our respect, but at the depth of the exposure of our failure. All right? You still want to go forward? Anybody with me here? So... What was burning in my heart is where are the spiritual mothers and fathers who can restore? Where's the maturity? Where are the adults in the room? Are we all just children? Or are there some people that have some substance of spiritual fire and power that can actually see people delivered and healed? Now, In the middle of all that, you can go toward guilt and shame, right? We're no good. I can't do it. That's not where I'm heading today. I'm wanting what grew in my heart was a desire to see a revelation of Jesus so that my life could be changed. 
not to prove that I was bad or no good. I knew that, and I got a fresh insight on it. Why are we praying these prayers? So that you can grow into maturity. You pray big prayers so that your life can be transformed. All right? I I said last week, and I've kind of regretted it since then. You want to do hard things? My wife has repeated that to me several times this week. (laughs) I thought you said you want to do hard things. (laughs) Um, I was kidding. Okay, so I'm giving you these seven prayers. Oh my gosh, I have a lot to talk about today. I'm going to start talking faster. So, so these prayers are for... Uh, I listened to a teaching by a guy named Mike Bickle, who is over the International House of Prayer in Kansas City. And uh, it wasn't called that back then. <laughs> it's had like five different names. And uh, uh, but the Grandview Worship Center of the Metro Kansas City, whatever it was at that point in time. Uh, and Mike is, he's, he's a little crazy. He's super intense. He's fasted and prayed as much as any person on the planet. And he has one gear. It's like a thousand miles an hour. And he taught this vision, kind of like, here's seven prayers that you could pray. And he, uh, he, wouldn't te- he didn't teach this part on holiness that I'm talking about, but he, he just inspired me, like, I want to pray big prayers the rest of my life. I want to pray focused, tangible things. And so this is what I've done. And I kind of, it's been modified in different ways. We're going to have a more attractive version of this. Thanks to Rick Hubler like, next week. Thanks, sir. And, uh, but we're, we are uh, just learning how to pray. So here's, here's what they are, the fear of the Lord. And next week, I'm going to talk about the fear of the Lord. That's a big topic, okay? But I'm just going to talk about it in a way that's going to motivate us to want that. Then we're going to talk about revelation, wisdom, and discernment. This is big, big topics, right? These are targets we're aiming at. How about bridling our tongue and giving us a spirit of discipline? This is how to be free in your thoughts and your actions. Your behavior changes when you control your tongue. Ouch. Love and humility. Big subject, huh? Manifestation of the Holy Spirit for ministry. When I was 19, that was my number one prayer. Because I wanted to be a big minister. I wanted the power of God. I wanted people to fall down every time I was around them. Well, that's to give things to others. It's not about you. Boldness, joy, and victory in persecution. Run to the battle. Amen. Let's do it. So these are the things. This is where we're going to be over the next couple of months, is praying prayers that change us. Now, in, on the first page of, of my little 
thing here, and I'm not sure exactly how it's going to all look next week, is that these are prayers for holiness. Now, holiness, again, we get stuck in the concept of that it's just moral purity. But it's, it's, that's like one little slice of it. It is, holiness is completeness, perfection, maturity, purity, and wholeness. It is, holiness is all in all. It's the biggest of the big. It's what the angels and the beasts that were surrounding, that are surrounding God in heaven right now, when they look at him, it's like there's one, they, they, if they are to have one word that comes out of their mouth to try to wrap their arms around the immensity, the greatness, the beauty, the wisdom, the power, they just say it again and again, holy, 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 holy. This is on repeat on their podcasts and uh, musical electronic devices. It's just the games again and again and again and again. And every time they say it, their picture gets clearer. Every time they speak back to God, his character, their ability to see and understand him expands. So it's, it's, a, it's an appropriate mechanism. It's like it gets fed. They speak that out, have an experience, and they speak it out again. Holy. And so as I've grappled with that word, uh, these are the phrases in the scripture that, that stand out to me. Complete. Perfect, mature, pure, whole. When you're praying for holiness, you're praying that you would be whole. All those missing things in your life, all of those blank spots, for whatever reason, because of your family of origin, because of some event that happened in your life, the number one reason why people are broken is not because of what they've done, but because of what's been done to them. Okay? That's what, yes, you've done things wrong. But we've been broken. We've been shaped. We've been marred. Make us whole again, Father. So here, I'm going to blast through this. This is going to be fast. And you're going to think, wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry. <laughs> Holy. Now, the definitions go set apart for sacred purposes, dedicated. To be holy is to be other. God is not, you know, like, he, he is other. That's one of the things with so many perceptions in the world. They don't understand God is other. He's above. He's beyond. But as we're breaking this world word down, first one I'm going to say is complete. I think we've got some, we've got some slides. 
So what does it mean to be complete? That means lacking nothing. Scriptures, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. The completer is in you. You are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. There's so many things. I, I love these words, and I want to go down this path. I, when I was a sophomore in college, I'd been freshly baptized with the Spirit. The Lord spoke to me. It's like in my little journal. He said, I've done it all. I put a full-grown Jesus in you. Now you're going to spend the rest of your life working that out. You're complete in him. He's in you. The whole thing. Not an easy-bitsy Jesus. A full-grown Jesus is in you. To be holy means to be perfect. What a complicated word. This is just reeks with performance, doesn't it? But what it means is there's no flaw. One of the ways that God would put this into people in the Old Testament is find a perfect, unblemished animal and sacrifice it. So why was it wrong for them to buy these things and present broken animals in the sacrifices? Because it reflected their image of God. By bringing purity to God, you reflect his image. I'm not talking about purity. It's next. Okay. But perfection. Be perfect, therefore, as you your heavenly father are perfect. Aim for perfection. I love this verse in Jude. To him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. Beautiful song. No flaw. To be holy means to be mature, fully developed. And that's a, that's a child is, there's a mature three-year-old, a mature 10-year-old, mature 20-year-old. Your ma a maturity is based upon uh, the appropriate stage and, and season. So you're to fulfill the maturity of where you are right now. Walk in all of that. Walk in as much of it as you can. Colossians. He is always wrestling in prayer for you. So this is Paul speaking of uh, his co-worker. I'm, I'm wanting to say Epaphroditus, but I could be messing that up. That you may stand firm in the will of God, mature and fully assured. This is a prayer. Lord, make me mature and fully assured before you this day as I'm walking in every situation. The whole purpose of apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers is to not have people with famous fancy titles that are doing conferences. It's to have people that know how to mature others. And for you to be mature, you need them all. You need diverse giftings. You need diverse abilities. You need diverse individuals speaking into your life. 
And the more different they are from you, the more sandpaper you get on you. What relationship is it right now that you're just going, ow, wow? Welcome to Jesus. Grow up. I'm preaching, I can do this. My wife says this, said it to me yesterday. Grow up. <laughs> Next, to be holy means to be pure. What does that mean? Clean, unmixed. All of those strange, crazy rules in the Old Testament. Don't have two different types of fiber. Don't have this together. Don't put that beside that. They're all things that gave people a reflection of the image of God. Unmixed. Pure. So it's more than, you know, I, I've done a little less pornography last week. If that's all you're doing, you need to be praying bigger prayers. If you want up out of that hole, you need a revelation of God. You need to grow up. You need to say, I'm wrong and God is right. 1 Thessalonians 4, 7, God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life, to dedicate ourselves to the most thorough purity. We're not looking about what barely gets us in. What are like the, the couple of like, can I, what, you know, what can I get away with? Can I just, you know, take us back to high school baseball analogies, you know? Is that sin? Is that, am I still Okay. The most thorough purity. You're looking for the highest, not what doesn't get you a lightning bolt. And I want to tell you, God doesn't work like that. This is wrong. Stop me. Because he's wanting a heart that's pursuing him. It's like, your image of God is he's following you with a stick? You have a poor revelation of the Trinitarian God if you're saying, stop me. Am I making you happy yet? John, Jesus' prayer, John 17. Make them pure and holy by teaching them your words of truth. He's just saying, pure, pure, pure. Hebrews 12, God disciplines us for our good, that we're sharing His holiness. This is, this is what He's doing. This is not the side thing. This is the core of His purpose and work in your life, is to bring about something that looks like Him. Who wants to be like Jesus? Ouch! Make me more like you, Lord. Look out. He will answer that prayer.
And you're going to think he doesn't like you. He's mad at you. He's just answering his, that prayer. He's at work in your life. And he hates sin. He hates darkness. Not because he's got this rule and you, you're bad. Because he wants to see his character revealed. Last one I have is the whole, be holy means to be whole. That's all through and through. Full. May God himself, 1 Thessalonians 5, 23, the God of peace sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus. There's this, this thing of being whole. It's not just about getting past your neurotic behavior. It's not just recovering from public embarrassment or trying to cover shame. It's about presenting a breadth of a picture of the character of God back to Him. It's really, in one sense, it's not for you. I'm not going to compare myself with you. I'm not competing against you. I'm not doing this to make you like me. I want to experience the love of God in a deeper way. Because I've screwed it up so many times. People that are close to me can tell you that I've had to apologize a lot. And it's embarrassing. It's awkward. But all I know how to do is to keep getting on my knees again. And in the places where I mess it up, I just have to get lower. I don't make promises. I don't say I'll never do it again. I say, Holy God, work in me your will in a way that transforms me. So, I'm going to pray a couple of prayers right now. You're going to, this is not something you're going to see up there, but I'm I, some of these prayers are things you just take directly from the scriptures and you, you change the pronouns, like Christopher had earlier, okay? But what I'm going to pray right now is, is me soaking in these concepts of holiness, okay? Soaking in these five principles. And these are some things that I've, I've written down that help me express this to God more accurately. So you need to do this, okay? I have seven. You may change one of these. This is not, there's nothing imperfection about my list. But it's me working on developing as, as big a picture as I can get my hands around. Does that make sense? This is, there's nothing, there's nowhere in the Bible that has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. This is me reflecting on and looking and kind of searching and processing and saying, this is, okay, yeah, yeah, that's getting me somewhere. Revelation, wisdom, discernment. Yeah, yeah, I'm holding on to that one. Ephesians 1, 17 through 19. Yes, 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 yes. Let's pray it again and again and again. So this, give me, a, here's an example. 
is a prayer for purity. Heavenly Father, you are holy, pure, complete, and perfect. You did not call us to impurity, but to live holy lives. I submit to your refining fire and cleansing. Dig deep into my soul and heal all the wounds that would cause me to bend away from you and from those who love me. Take away everything that I've added to your gospel so that my life and words are not mixed with compromise of your standards. Purify my thoughts, purify my words, purify my eyes, purify my ears, and purify my hands. Make me ever more responsive to your conviction to sin. Your law and truth always apply to me. There's no excuse and no escape. Make me pure and holy with your words of truth. Renew today my innocence of thought and action. I dedicate myself to the most thorough purity. In Jesus' name, amen. You like that prayer? Something in there kind of burn, but it's, but it's good. Start asking for bigger things. Not bigger houses, not nicer cars. Not a better reputation, not success in your occupation. Bigger things of who God is to be revealed in your life. Get your priorities right. Get your priorities right. Are you praying for bread or are you praying for eternity? What are you doing? Just trying to make it through the day or are you trying to honor Jesus? Hmm. I'm going to read one more. Anybody want to hear another prayer? Sure, why don't you stand up? <clears throat> Lord Jesus, thank you for all that you've begun in healing, maturing, straightening, forgiving, and purifying me. You are making me whole and making me holy. I am confident that you will finish the work that you've begun in me. And I rest in your ability to change me. All the completeness that I long for resides in you, and I am in you. In you is all power and authority to accomplish the work in me. In you is the ability to complete your greatest desire in me for you. Amen. One more. It's a prayer for wholeness. And this is, this is me grappling with this. You need to find the words that challenge you and express the deepest thing in your heart. It's just, it's trial and error. I've been working on this. And it's not about perfection. You're not being scored. You're not being judged. You are in a process of progression that is three steps forward, two steps backwards. But some, somewhere in here you learn the two-step and you 
you know, you start barely moving forward, bits and pieces over time. And you're just saying, what you say about me is more true than any other thing in my life. I agree with you. I don't agree with this lie that's repeating in my mind. I don't agree with the greatest wound and failure in my life. I agree with the character of God. Not denying where I'm at right now. Not pretending. Just keeping attaching myself to the highest all in all. That glimpses of him would grow in me. When I see him, I'll be like him. Because I'll see him as he is. And I'll be transformed. I need to see him. The way I see him is I keep praying his will back to him. Playing his character. And looking at it again and again. Prayer for wholeness. Holy Spirit, you've made me holy and are making me whole. I repent of selfish ambition and everything that I have attached to or pursued to try to become valuable. When you've already given me value. In the ways that my heart has been broken through my sin and the sins of others, Jesus, heal me. Bring all the broken pieces of my heart back together and make me whole. Today, I again give you my whole heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Christopher and the worship team, come up here. We're going to have some understanding of what's next. And we're going to worship.